Welcome to Afternoon Delight, an ongoing conversation about branding, leadership, and most importantly, love. I'm Jay Rendon in San Francisco, and I'm joined by my co-host, Eric Solomon in New York City. Hey, Eric. Good morning. How's it going? Good morning, Jay. I'm doing great. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. Another lovely morning here in California. Uh, I can say almost the same here in New York. Uh, it's, you know, a little hazy, but, you know, could be worse. Yeah. Well, it is that time of year where mm-hmm. our weather patterns uh, on the coast diverge a bit. Uh, for sure. Well, um, we are starting today with a short series on origin stories. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about superheroes, although we could be <laughs> in some ways, uh, because I think there's a lot of things in common that superhero origin stories tap into that also company origin stories also tap into. Right. And we're kicking off today by talking about the origin of Novio, the Mm. company that we work for, and how that company came to be and why it came to be and why we are the way we are many years later. Uh, Yeah, I love that. I can't wait to to hear all about it. I mean, I think increasingly this is a topic that people really care about. How do things get started and why? So um, I'm looking forward to it. And before we get started, I have a segue that was based off of a, a recent um, interaction I had with a client. And it's actually a pretty common interaction that we have with new clients and learning about them and what makes them tick and what makes them different and trying to identify what are the the story elements that is are specific to them. The conversation invariably always turns to talking about company values. One of my and, favorite topics. Yeah, yeah. And you know, uh, company values obviously are different for every company, theoretically. I think one thing that they probably share in common is that they all involve a poster that hangs in the break room. <laughs> I, I think that's a fairly universal uh, expression of the company values. True. And unfortunately, in most companies, I would say that that's probably the main engagement that most employees or really anyone else ever has with uh, company values explicitly. I, you would think, you would hope they're uh, involved in any interaction that employees have, but explicitly uh, that seems to be the the main place that they live. Yeah. And, and I think a reason for that is that many company values, at least the way that they're expressed, they're not particularly unique or interesting or specific to that company. You, you see company values that include words like respect and innovation and trust. Yeah, trust. Trust is always a big one. Empathy. Empathy. Obviously, there's nothing wrong about any of those ideas, but they are fairly universal. But the main thing that I wanted to touch on was not the specificity or uniqueness uh, of those words, but when we were speaking with this particular client about their values, the question that I had for them and the question I often have for clients is, what do these values cost you? Hmm. Um, it goes back to that idea of a, a principle is not a principle until it costs you something. And you should be able to talk very acutely when thinking about your values of what they cost you. They should make your daily life a little bit difficult. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, that they are not valuable. They're not, they're not a value that is valuable to you if you don't have to pay anything for it. 
And um, that is sometimes for clients a little difficult to hear, a little unintuitive. But as we sort of talk about or and get into origin stories, starting a company and certainly running a company is always about making choices about who you are, how you operate. And those choices invariably mean accepting some things and, and rejecting others. And values certainly fall in that category of when you accept a value, when you decide to hold yourself up to something. That should, you know, even in the small way, be a challenge. Yeah, I'm struck as you're as you're talking about it because it's so similar when it comes to our own individual values as people. Um, you have to make some choices about those as well. And so, hopefully, this conversation, even though we're talking about businesses, has reflections to what it means for us as individuals as well. Absolutely. Yeah, even though that's meant to be a segue, I think there's a natural transition uh, there in terms of talking about origin stories and specifically the origin of Novio. So maybe we should dive into how we got to where we are on the opposite ends of this phone call and why we are doing the thing that we're doing. I love it. Uh, let's let's do it. Take us back to your roots. Novio's origin can be traced back to the mid-90s, actually, when Paul Curtin and I, my partner, one of my partners, first met at an agency you're familiar with, Goodby Silverstein and Partners, uh -huh. um, although we met a few years before you got there. And this was at a time where Paul was running the design group within Goodby. So basically, they handled everything that wasn't traditional advertising which in the mid-90s actually included everything except the web because the web didn't really exist at that point. Ah, uh, the wild, wild 90s. Exactly, yeah. Pre-first.com boom and um, involved everything from packaging to collateral, sales presentation, sales kits, interior design. And one thing that was particularly instructive, I think, to both Paul and myself uh, were annual reports as as a means. Uh, well, first off, annual reports used to be a much bigger deal in terms of a company communicating who they are, wh where they're going, and both from a vision standpoint, but obviously from a from a financial standpoint. It's interesting. You don't often hear about uh, you know you creative types talking about annual reports. So uh, I'm curious to see where this is going. Yeah, it was. You know, I'll be honest. When I first started working on them, not a particularly exciting thing to work on, especially when yeah. a lot of my contemporaries were going off to TV shoots at exotic locales and to hang out in a boardroom for a few weeks interviewing executives didn't seem uh, nearly as interesting. Mm -hmm. But for Paul and I, they were uh, an interesting way of engaging with a client. I trained as a poet. Paul trained as a painter. And so in some ways you could say we are coming at, specifically in your reports, completely out of left field. Yeah. But in other ways, uh, we had the particular skill set that CEOs in particular, but really all the C-suite finds really valuable is really sort of expressing a story in, in a meaningful way. And when I say story, I mean that in the larger sense of how a company presents itself. Right. And an annual report is a unique way of doing that. And what that afforded us was spending time with people that we normally didn't get to, we didn't get to spend a whole lot of time with CEO talking to them, mm -hmm. not specifically about their marketing problems, but where they hoped to take their business over the next year or sometimes longer, something that would ultimately appear in the, the CEO's letter to the shareholders. So, so these are things way, way more than just making an ad. 
Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, first off, it was a much longer copy, but not just the amount of copy, uh, but also the scope of what the organization needed to talk about in these annual reports. Mm-hmm. So there, there were two parts of that. You know, obviously the letter is a big part of that, the, the actual words. But the, the second is uh, some of these annual reports were, they were very expressive about uh, conceptually about what the company was trying to achieve. They often had themes that expressed themselves, not just with words and pictures, but the design itself. We did any reports that came in metal boxes and any reports that had multiple pieces to them, uh, weren't just sort of a bound book. Uh, and it always tied into well, what was the company trying to express to its shareholders, its partners. That was a way of thinking about a brand that we otherwise weren't used to. Everything else we worked on, the object that we were trying to create was trying to answer a very specific business problem, usually a very specific marketing or communications problem. And this was a much broader way of thinking. I think it informed a lot of our thinking moving forward as we approached brands and as if we were working on an annual report, even if that wasn't the explicit ask that uh, a client had come to us for. Yeah. So so how did you get from this annual report kind of mindset to, to where Novio kind of came from? Well, so that led to Paul and I working at Eleven, which was the agency we were at prior to Novio which started with the explicit intent of taking that holistic approach and working with brands. And we spent a number of years working there, but we both left separately around the same time and decided to, rather than run a a company of a 100 people, just get back to doing the work itself. Mm. And when we sat down to think about the type of work we wanted to do, we decided that there were three things that were important to us. We wanted to do our best creative work. We wanted to do work that was incredibly meaningful and it had real impact to the organization we were working with. And then lastly, for the client, that it would be valuable, that there was a lot of value that the client was deriving, whatever that assignment was. We didn't get into it with an idea of we wanted to create advertising or we wanted to create design or we wanted to create any reports, but whatever they hired us to do, we wanted it to be incredibly valuable. Yeah, And it turns out that those are not only individually high bars, but combined when you get to do all three of those, well, that doesn't happen very often. And there were three clients as we sat around thinking about, well, when did we get to do that? There were three that immediately came to mind. And fortunately for us, we, we called all three of them. They All three of them immediately put us to work. And we continue to work with them over the years Wow! Uh, as they change companies or take on uh, different projects. That's incredible. I mean, for anybody that ever starts a business, that's the hardest thing is wh- where are you going to get your clients from? So it's great to know that you had this clear North Star and that you already had a few lined up that could align to that North Star. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, as we thought about them, we thought about, well, what do these three individuals have in common with each other and and why were we able to succeed with them? And really it came down to three things. And here's where we get into the DNA of Novio. One, in each of those cases, we had relationships that transcended the assignment where we were able to form truly intimate bonds with these Uh. people because they understood that what we were working on was incredibly important and that they needed to give us access. In improv, people often talk about generosity, how generous is an actor in terms of what they're giving you. Someone is really opening themselves up to you and giving you access into their aspirations, their desires, their hopes, their dreams. So that's 
something that, you know, all three of these certainly had. The second was passion, that they had a real passion for what they were doing, either the industry they were working uh, in or the problem that they were trying to solve, that something really fueled them. Sometimes they were really excited about something. Sometimes they were really pissed off about something. Regardless, it was always a, a, a real passion. And then the third, uh, and this one was key, is relatively short timeframes. Now, when I say short timeframes, I mean that in the sense that these weren't ongoing retainer situations. <laughs> that was important because the things that Paul and I were particularly interested in solving were the fundamental brand problems, the fundamental brand stories for organizations. And, you know, if you do that well, you really only have to do it once right? in terms of identifying what is the, the core of, of this brand. If you're sticking around, at least if we stick around beyond that, and there's not a new twist that we have to address, it ends up being about managing an account. And uh, there's nothing wrong with that. And in fact, that's a fine way to make a lot of money in this industry. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't what we were particularly interested in. What we wanted is we wanted to come in, have a really intense, fruitful experience, and then move on to another experience where we could continue to not just provide value to our clients, but to feed our own creative souls, to learn new industries and new people. And so as we looked at those clients said, well, why these? Those are the three things that those clients had in common. Uh, that's, you know, it's so interesting, especially the the short timeframes, because you're, you're right, it's so different from how most agencies operate when they really are looking to be a sort of an agency of record or have a longer term engagement. It, it must be interesting because one of the reasons I was so attracted to Novio is I think this has really informed or these things have really informed the way that the company structured in a lot of ways. And it would just be interesting to hear how the way that you approach this kind of work has informed other business aspects from Novio. Yeah, it really did create some constraints and made us face some tough choices about not just how we were going to start the company, but how we're going to run the company moving forward. Hmm. And one of the most acute of those is this idea of, well, if you're essentially setting yourself up from the get-go to mostly operate on projects, then that impacts how much the company can grow or what even growth means. And so in our case, that meant keeping our structure small and flexible and also picking the people that we choose to work with, the designers, the account folks, the producers, being very careful about choosing the right people. Those things certainly started to inform our structure. And the first of which was, well, if we're keeping things small and flexible, it means hiring a lot of freelance talent. Perhaps we don't need an office. Perhaps we can run this thing virtually. And uh, that was a hypothesis early on. But as the years went on, we kept having conversations about looking for office space. And I think it was maybe two or three years in, we decided, well, you know, maybe we can stop talking about this because it doesn't seem to be important to the type of work that we want to do. You're, you're ahead of your time in a lot of ways. I feel like more and more that's uh, the model going forward is this flexible working. And so you were kind of uh, pioneers. You know, we were. We I, I remember a lot of early conversations with prospective clients, people we didn't know, and we would say we had a virtual. And it... <laughs> 
it definitely felt a little bit like we weren't real right in in uh, some sense and i think to this day as i talk to a number of friends that run agencies and they they spend a lot of time thinking about their offices but it took a good while for us to shed those feelings and and to move past it and nowadays a lot of our clients have flexible work uh, situations for right. their own employees so it's it's not it's not that unique anymore and talk a little bit more about the kind of assignments, given the structure and given the kind of clients that you had initially, what are you really kind of tackling at Novio? Well, we work on all sorts of types of projects, from advertising to direct response, websites, collateral, identity. Uh, every project is different. I think the thing that's consistent across all the projects we work on, however, is that they each have a fundamental brand story question at the heart of them that we're trying to solve. Right. Can we focus on helping brands identify who they are at a very fundamental level um, and look at it using both sides of our brain? What is the meaningful business situation that this executive is trying to wrestle with? And what is the human story that underlies that? And can we tell the the brand story in that context? Just in the experience that I've had, so many people in the industry either ignore that stuff completely or really just put all of their focus on just executing something and getting something done. You know, what I love about this is it, it is deeper and more meaningful and, and more foundational at its heart just kind of leads to the question, you know, is Novio, is this the only place where this work gets done or or what else is out there and why are more people not doing this? It's hard. It, 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 and it's a matter of priorities. A lot of companies, depending where they are in their journey, whether they're starting a, a business or trying to take it public, sometimes that is a priority, but oftentimes it's not. And that is fine. And that too is part of figuring out when we get uh, opportunities to talk to new clients, figuring out are we a right fit? Is this, this could be the right client at the wrong time. And that's often the case. Is it done at other places? That certainly has been our experience. When we were at Goodby, Goodby got to work on and help define a lot of great brands at a very high level. The difference I would say is they're in the business, uh, or when we were there, they were in the business of making ads. And if in the process of doing that, they helped define a brand story for a company, that was great. But that wasn't their primary goal. It wasn't how they paid the bills, and it wasn't how they billed themselves to their clients. That is exactly where we come in. But right. at the core of it, there has to be a fundamental brand story that drives us, that keeps our interest, but is also the place where we can provide mm -hmm. the most value for a client. That makes a, a ton of sense. So, I mean, it just sounds like, you know, to, in, a, in a lot of regards, having those constraints to your earlier point on what the model is helps you best operate within those constraints. So if I were to kind of sum it up, it's these are short, really nice, intense engagements with a small group of dedicated people who are passionate about what they do, focused on really the big questions, the emotional, meaningful questions and ideas. What else am I missing? And that is informed by the grand narratives. So we think of the hero's journey or story arcs. A lot of things that I learned in creative writing school and thinking about the stories that we all like to read, these are a lot of the same principles that you use when thinking about 
a brand. It doesn't matter if you're talking about a Greek uh, hero or uh, a shoe company. The types of stories that people respond to are the same. We want to see a brand emerge out of uh, a difficult situation. We want to see a brand express itself in contrast to the environment around it. And we want to see that brand succeed because of a vision that they have for themselves or, or the world. Well, this has been, you know, fascinating. I guess, you know, one point that I'd love to kind of focus on is the name. I'd love to hear about the name. Um, whenever I tell people what the name is, they always say, what? And then I explain what it is. So I want to hear where it comes from. The, the uh, name Novio is Spanish for boyfriend. And um, when we thought about the types of engagements we wanted to have, and as you just so uh, succinctly put it, they were short, they were intense, they were meaningful, um, they were also a lot of fun. You know, other words that we used in this conversation, intimacy, passion, we thought, well, you know, at the end of the day, although we're fortunate to be working with clients that we've worked with for almost 10 years in some cases, we are happy to go away when they don't need us and then come back when they do need us. And that idea of, well, we don't want to get married to these clients. We just want to date. <laughs> and and that's that's really at the heart of what this notion of of boyfriend or novio came from we're, we're going to call ourselves booty call but that url was taken by a very different business model <laughs> uh, which we don't need to get into that fair enough well i mean this has been a fascinating discussion um anything else on the topic of origin or uh have have you covered it I, you know, I think that's it for the story of Novio. Like I said, this is a, a sort of a mini series that we're doing. Um, and we got two others. The next mm -hmm. one, we're going to turn the tables and I want to hear a little bit about your origin story. You have oh, a very non-traditional path that has led you here. And uh, I will, I will have lots of questions for you about that. And then finally, we're going to talk about Given our own journeys, our own origin stories, how those have informed how we approach and work with clients to help draw out their origin stories. So that's those are our next two episodes uh, that I, I'm and I'm really looking forward to uh, to chatting more about these. Me too. Thank you so much, Jay. I hope you have a great rest of the day. All right, you too. Take care. Take care. This has been Jay Rendon and Eric Solomon for Afternoon Delight, a Novio Brandcast. If listening to us has been indeed a delight, please subscribe, review, and rate us on whatever podcast platform you're partial to. To make a connection, give us feedback, ask a question, even just say hi, you can email us at pod at novio.com, visit us at novio.com slash afternoon delight, or find us on Twitter at afternooner. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>